It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rulebook, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. Time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. Welcome to The Big Rethink. I'm your host, Barry Ross, and today's segment is on sensors, a pretty big topic. According to AMR, the global market of sensors is poised to grow with a compound annual growth rate of 11.3% until 2022. That's when the market would reach $240 billion. Our guest, Eric Johnsred, product engineer at Panasonic Industrial Devices Sales Company of America. And today, he's going to help us understand how sensors are changing our everyday lives. Welcome, Eric. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So let's jump to it. Um, A simple question, or maybe not so simple. What is your definition of what a sensor is? Well, a sensor is a really simple device. It's essentially something that converts one form of energy to another in its basic form. What that kind of builds into is that sensors are either used to measure something or to give feedback to a system. Okay, great, great. And so we're not just talking about a piece of hardware at the end of a, you know, some network, a wireless network. Um, how do you think sensors have changed over the last decade? Have you noticed any changes in the technology? Oh, there's been a lot of different changes happening. Uh, essentially, sensors have become miniaturized. They're able to have more functionality built into each one of the devices, and you can see them in a lot more places. Early on, sensors were kind of rare. They were a little bit more expensive. But now that they're gone down in price, they're showing up everywhere, and they're in all of our devices. And, and so would you say so – that's a good point. So would you say some of the drivers of uh, you know, these changes in sensors has been price reduction and cost? I think it's a bit of that as well as the innovation that's been going into them. Because originally, you started out with one or two axis accelerometers, but now you have six or nine axis accelerometers that do gyro sensing as well. So you have more functionality built into the same simple chip. And so what is an accelerometer, just for our audience? Like, how do you define an accelerometer? Well, an accelerometer measures the acceleration that an object is going through. So when you have the one axis, you're just measuring either forward or backwards. But with the six axis, you know if you're going up, down, left, right, side, or rolling or pitching. Okay, so where would you see an accelerometer as a sensor? Like what devices would you see it? Uh, Well, automobiles, cell phones, GPSs, all sorts of stuff happen. Yeah, okay, okay, that's that's helpful. And so when you think about the industries where you see growth with sensors, what would those industries be? So some of the industries that have been growing from this have been like the automation industry. You can use these sensors to make robotic lines in order to detect and remove some of the human elements so that the robots can see and interact with their environment. As well as some buildings with security measures, now you can have more detailed analysts of what's going on in a particular site without having that many eyes on it. That's great. I think that that helps. And so you see sensors in every industry, essentially, is what you're telling me. Exactly. They're pervasive. Um, and so when you think about you know, a customer and what pain points they're trying to solve, uh, how do sensors address you know, certain problems that you know, customers would see? Well, the sensors would be kind of the eyes and ears of their device to see and interact with the world. So it gives them the ability to kind of understand some issues. So if originally they had a device that counted everybody that came in, but it worked because you pushed a lever each time. But sometimes two people would fall in behind. 
you would never know. But now with a sensor, you can easily monitor all the different people coming uh, through that point and you'd have a more accurate got count. It, got it. I think that's a pretty good use case. And so, you know, one of the questions I get a lot is, you know, Internet of Things, IoT. And to me, I think there's a relationship between sensors and the Internet of Things. And so what's that relationship to you between a sensor, something on the end of a network and IoT? Well, without sensors, you really wouldn't have the Internet of Things. They really are wow. the uh, like end cases of all of the Internet of Things. They're the ones giving you the feedback, the information of how to make all these devices talk to each other. Because as I mentioned earlier, a sensor is either measuring something or giving feedback to the system. And, and so when you develop a sensor, that's something as an engineer that's always in the back of your mind, right? How does it talk to a network? Yes, you always want to know how it talks, what information am I getting out of this, and how can it be useful to what I need to do. That's great. And so the next question is, you know, when you start talking about technology and IoT, you know, the next question I usually ask is, you know, so what are some of the examples in terms of like analytics or big data or even AI when it comes to sensors? What are those use cases like for a sensor? Well, the sensors are kind of giving you that feedback information. So something that's becoming very popular right now is machine learning, where they're using multiple mm algorithms to check and continuously analyze a system to see if how it's working. So they put a device in front of a sensor and keep looking at it over and over again to make sure that it's what they want to see. So they're training the sensor and the system to work together to give you the right outputs that you want. And so when we start talking about sensors and maybe the back-end technology behind what they do, is there something as an engineer you'd want your customer or an IT manager to know about deploying sensors? Like, what's your sense behind that? Is there something special? Well, there's something that engineers always have to take in consideration when designing is where is their device going to end up? What do they own in the building or the space that the sensor's going to go in? Because you could put a nice sensor that has a great view of the area, but then the person puts it on a bookshelf and you can't <laughs> even see the room. <laughs> I could see why that'd be a little disappointing, especially after all that work you put into it. Um, and so... That leads to my next question is, you know, what have been the biggest hurdles that you've seen in terms of commercializing sensors? So some of the biggest problems were getting the software off the ground in order to use it. Because, yes, these sensors are all, wow, you can do all these things, but how do I use it? This is always the second question the engineer asks. Right. So when you say getting the software off the ground, is that like testing and developing it? Or, end or the, end? the driver software, oh. how to actually use it and how to integrate it, how to get the data. Okay. I think that makes sense. And so when you think about the future innovation of sensors, what does that look like? Like looking five years, 10 years down the road, is there anything exciting? Uh, of course. The sensors are always changing because just look, In when I started out as an engineer, there was just three axis was just coming out as sensors. And now in a couple of years, we've already got 12 axis sensors. So oh, wow, they're okay. always continuously expanding and trying to put more complexity into a smaller device so you can get more information out of it. So I'm imagining in like five, 10 years, we're going to have sensors that can tell the entire environment that you're in and give you an active readout of how well the air is. Oh, you should probably protect yourself from the sun. It's too bright out or something like that. And so, uh, so how long have you been an engineer at Panasonic for? I've been an engineer here for five years. And then prior to that? Prior to that, uh, four years in the okay. field. Wow. Okay. So you've probably seen a lot of things at Panasonic. So what would be some of the key takeaways of you know the topics we just discussed for sensors? And anything that sticks out in your mind that you'd want the listeners to know? 
Well, one thing is that Panasonic is an always innovating company. We're always coming out with new and cutting edge technologies, and we're trying to push those boundaries. Sometimes we make sensors that we don't even know what type of market they're for, oh, wow. and they're kind of growing into a field. Other times we get a problem from a customer, and we develop a custom solution in order to get them to the right answer. And so that's interesting. So is there is there one way that you prefer, whether it's kind of more built, you're building the sensor for more of kind of a horizontal application as opposed to a customer problem? Is there which do you prefer? Which is more interesting, I guess? Well, it both really are because it's very interesting to see. So one of my sensors that I have was originally developed for microwave ovens to see the temperature of the food inside of it. Oh, wow. And it's now developed into something to be able to track and monitor people in an entire office space. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's a big extension of the original application. Exactly. And we didn't even know that it was going to end up that way. We just started to make it to solve the simple problem that we had in front of us. And so was that based on customer requirements or is that something you guys thought yourself like, hey, here's a future application? Or maybe it was both. It, it, again, it was built for the requirements for the microwave and then grew into something else because an engineer went, hey, wait, I have this data. Now I can use this to build off of it to get to another solution. I love that. I think that's great. And that's why I'm not an engineer. I don't have the ability to look uh, five feet in front of me. But to think about a future application with existing technology, I think is special. So here, here's my favorite question. Uh, what do you love about your job? Well, I love being able to help people find a solution. That's one of the greatest rewards of being an engineer is helping solve problems. And it seems like you've been doing that for, for quite some time. Well, that's it for us on another episode of The Big Rethink. Until next time, I'm Barry Ross.